Hello, I'm Professor Dogwood, and also Matthew's, Austin's, and Haley's actual grandmother, or as they call me, their Mima. And I, as the leading professor here, welcome you to the OC region where I study the longevity of Pokemon and the mysteries behind it. And you're listening to the OC Pokemon Podcast, an actual play Dungeons and Dragon podcast with Pokemon as the theme. Join Matthew as the Pokemon Dungeon Master, Austin as Jess Jones, Haley as Kurt Mitt, Bianca as Abigail Adler, and Jenny as Jenny Etagawa in their fight against the evil company, Cooperai, their inner demons, legendary Pokemon, and tragic backstories as they set off to save the OC region and quite possibly the world. Their very own Pokemon legend is about to unfold. A world of dreams and adventures with Pokemon awaits. We hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome back to the OC Pokemon Podcast. Uh, This is just another quick reminder before we get started that this is going to be one of the recaps for the sessions that we did not record, unfortunately. So it'll just be me for now. And later on, a little later on down the road, uh, I'll be able to release some footage or some, I'll be able to release some recordings that we have recorded. So I'll switch off from me talking uh, and whatever we do have recorded, if it's usable. Our heroes begin their adventure in a popular hotspot for new trainers called Begonia Cape. This small beach town is a perfect place to get some rather unique Pokemon that could help with the journey. The town is placed on a cliffside beach that opens up into a south-facing bay. They begin in the early season of spring when Old Man Winter comes to visit from time to time, but the sun and breeze here were still as warm as ever. Begonia plants decorated the entirety of the shoreline, dressing the cape in a lovely lining of red-pink floral decorations. Wingle and Pidgey dot the sky as Seal, Shelter, and Marini lays on the warm sands. You see Pokemon and people window shopping at all sorts of beach-related merchandise. Shiny new Pokeballs, knickknacks, and even Pokemon supplies and Pokemon for sale. The sun was still high as tourists from across the region visited while the sea air was briny and humid. Our heroes arrived to town from their respective journeys, tired, exhausted, and very much eager for some possible relaxation in this vacation hotspot. But that's not what fate had in mind for them. The wheel of fate is apathetic to all those who are caught in the spokes, continuing to turn and move the story forward. The town was quickly plagued by a violent group of Zubat in the middle of the day outside of their regular nocturnal cycle. Many ducked to the floor with some victims getting assaulted by the small fangs of the winged rats. However, our heroes, Jess Jones, a virologist on the run after she discovered something on the job at the corporation Cooperi. Jenny, a former florist whose flower shop was burned to the ground by a member who bore a golden sea pin on their suit, asking for a particular flower. Kurt Mitt, a former telemarketer on the run out of fear due to destroying half a city from an ill-timed metronome, and Abigail Adler, aka Sadie Morgan, a young girl who was plagued by the decisions of her parents after becoming a victim to an attack against her family. They all wasted no time and jumped into action. This was the first time that we rolled for initiative. Jess pulled out her Pokeball to reveal her loyal Growlithe, Archie. Archie quickly dealt out some embers to fell one of these Zubats, while Kurt used his new shiny Cleffa perched right onto his broad shoulders. 
or Baldhead to use a very lucky metronome for a quick thunderbolt. Two Zubats had been taken care of. Jenny was still very new at training Pokemon, decided to use an absorb on the Zubat, barely scratching the surface of it, while Abigail took care of the remaining three with a super effective powder snow from her one and only Alolan Bullpix. The crowd cheered, thanking them for their bravery while the mayor of the town asked them to investigate his very ominous prediction of someone or something disturbing the cave's natural order. Zubat weren't too uncommon around the area, seeing as how there was a seaward-facing cavern along the open cave's natural cliffs. He was also visited by the region's very own Professor Dogwood assistant, her ever-diligent Laxfield researcher, Matthew who was also Jess's younger brother. The party now joined by a common goal all headed to the cavern the mayor spoke of. However, before entering, Jess was surprised that her younger brother was here, coincidentally at the same time she was. Matthew explained that Professor Dogwood had heard some rumors about possibly the legendary Pokemon Lugia residing in these cliffs, or at least near it, so she had sent out Matthew to go investigate furthermore. So, with that in mind, the party headed into the caverns, only to face Wimpods, Marinis, and Corsola. All native Pokemon to Pagonia Cave, this cavern, and the waters nearby. If you're a bit unfamiliar with the Pokemon, don't worry, uh, let me go ahead and describe them to you right now. Wimpods, a trilobite looking creature, come to life with a very bushy purple mustache and worried eyes. Cowardice is their main quirk if they see that the battle doesn't turn in their favor. Their instinct is the run. However, Marinis, these starfish-like creatures with long tendrils coming out from a purple stock body underneath a curtain of appendages. They adorn a yellow spike atop their head to inject poison into their foes and prey, and use their arms to grapple any unsuspecting creatures with a lax-looking face and spiky, jagged row of teeth. It's probably best to not get grappled and poisoned by this thing, because you'll, you'll probably die. And Corsola, a Pokemon that looks very similar to Coral itself pink branches coming off their body and a white underside for camouflage in the ocean waters. The party fought bravely with Abigail using her Alolan Sandshrew on the Wimpods with a well-placed rock and rollin' rollout. Jess, with her new Ghastly, licked and nightshaded any of the Corsola and Wimpod that stood in their way. Jenny and her Oddish being able to quickly heal up and get rid of any pesky Corsola while furiously trying to stomp any Wimpods. And Kurt with his Munchlax, biting down on any foes that would go near its hungry maw. Mainly going after Wimpods. They they really hated the Wimpod. I, I don't know why. Maybe it was just their cowardice. <laughs> and for those who don't know what an Alolan Sandshrew Munchlax looks like, please let me describe them to you. The Alolan Sandshrew is like a Cantonian Sandshrew. However, it sports a much thicker skin that is similar to the color of snow. The body itself looks like a small igloo, too small for Sandshrew to wear, but nonetheless it wears with pride and mainly for survival. Munchlax is an odd bear-looking creature with a large mouth, bushy fur, and pointed conic ears atop its head. Its appetite and desire to eat is the strongest thing about this Pokemon, and the quickest way to win this Pokemon's heart is through its stomach. But deeper inside the hollowed-out stone cavern were some thugs who appeared to be rigging up a large egg of some sort. The egg was an illustrious silver, with some blue rectilinear markings on one side, and a large blue spot with a sort of V cut out at the top of the ellipse. So kind of think of like um, a circle, but it's it has like a V-neck. <laughs> yeah, a circle with a V-neck. We'll go with a circle with a V-neck. This egg has a V-neck. I should stop saying V-neck. The thugs were talking amidst themselves about what they were going to do with their money. Hey Jack, what are you going to do with your money? Well, I don't know, Wes. 
Probably buy a house, settle down. You, Antonio? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. That's not a good lifestyle choice, man. First you gotta maybe invest, you know, see what's on the market. As what seemed like the Three Stooges were complaining and arguing about how they should spend their potential money, the party was able to sneak up behind them and hide behind some boulders. Jess quickly sent out her ghastly to attack them with their silent, deadly body composed of poisonous gas. The thugs had no idea as Ghastly's gas slowly crept into their bodies and they inhaled some of the toxins. The thugs coughed and quickly noticed that they were not alone in the cavern. They then pulled out an Ekans, Seedot, and Lillipup. However, the three Pokemon were no match for our heroes, as they had a quick battle and promptly beat up the thugs who had hung up mining lights deep within the cave to assist their poor eyesight in this impromptu eggy extraction. The party was able to retrieve the egg for themselves, dismantle all the lights, and exit this newly dark cavern after Matthew was fascinated by their new discovery. It was a Lugia egg. However, before they could discuss it any further, they all heard a commotion coming from outside that didn't sound too good. There was a huge rumble, the very cliff seemed to be crumbling apart, and before heading out the mouth of the cavern, they heard silence. Nothing but the shore breaking, the ocean waves coming through. Then a scream broke this quiet atmosphere. They left the egg hidden inside the mouth of the cave before peeking their heads out. They saw a person with a long coat standing atop this odd machine-like Pokemon that seemed more magnet than Pokemon. However, something else was catching our trainer's eyes. The smell of the ocean was now rudely joined by this thick smell of burning flesh and blood. The air was tense and filled with lingering static and electricity. The source seemed to come from that magnet Pokemon that was floating there there was this grotesque sound joined by the waves. The sound of a grotesque butchering of flesh. The party slowly emerged from the shadows to see the violence and the carnage that lay before them. There was a green mantis Pokemon with blades for arms, stained with blood like the waters below. The victim of these blades was a huge bird-like body in the shallow waters of the cave. Silver wings that reflected the sunset's last attempt to light the sky. The legendary Pokemon known as the Guardian of the Seas was being beheaded before the party by a scyther belonging to this inhumane human trainer. Their voice distorted underneath a mask and the coat also adorned with a large stitched golden sea flapped from the sea breeze. Yes, scyther, hurry up with the job. The almighty Lugia didn't seem to stand a chance for the correct parameters. I guess the rumors were true. This legendary was getting weaker. They put up this black watch-like device to their mouth as if they were talking to someone on the other end. Lugia has been defeated. Understood. I will bring back as much DNA as possible. Hold on. Something's come up. I'll call back. This sick trainer turned to the party, and the Magnezone underneath followed suit. A sick smile twisted on their face, and they gestured to their scyther cutting through the thick neck of the fallen Lugia. The Lugia's size was monstrous and could easily destroy the cave with a single footstep. I see you come for the show, just in time. It's not every day you get to witness a legendary Pokemon fall to the power of humans. Time had slowed down for this disgusting sight to unfold, however, 
All of a sudden, things begin to speed up. Jenny felt shakes come from her backpack as she opened it quickly to find out her egg was hatching. Jess wasted no time to rush towards to seek revenge on the corporation she gave her work to. Her life's work to. But was easily blasted away by a well-placed zap cannon. Crashed into the cliffside and knocked unconscious. While the flying sand settled, an angry-looking, large-headed blue lizard known as a Bagon imprinted onto Jenny after emerging from the egg. The murderer couldn't help but let out a wicked, sadistic laugh, convinced that these trainers couldn't lift a finger up to them. <laughs> <laughs> forward while Matthew stayed back to tend to Jess's unconscious body, and the party was able to fight and interrupt their extraction with their Magnazone, looking composed but actually very hurt. These newbie trainers were actually pushing them back! The Cooperai agent shouted at Scyther, and Scyther immediately cut off a chunk and brought it before its master. They then quickly teleported, but not before saying, We'll meet again, and when we do, I will enjoy seeing the life drain from your eyes. The party felt night take over the sky as the people of Begonia Cape came down from the tall cliffs to mourn the loss of their beloved guardian. The party joined their sorrow, and Jess awoke from her unconscious state to remind the party about the egg they found. The party gathered the egg and showed the mayor who only wept tears of joy. Truly a miracle that the egg of the next Lugia was not found and broken by the same assailant. The party's interruption was minute but was enough to disrupt the change of balance in the OC region and the Pokemon world itself. The mayor then told them, Your best bet was probably going to head to Professor Dogwood. She would know what would be best to keep this egg safe. She's actually renowned for Pokemon longevity. So, with her only suggestion being Professor Dogwood, Matthew actually suggested that they all travel together for the meantime to... I mean, they were heading the same direction, so might as well, right? Plus, the more people to keep this egg safe, the better. It was going to be a small journey, but they needed to find a way up one of the main rivers to reach the capital of the OC region, Rose City. In a few days' time, the party gathered together and celebrated the gift of life. The gift? The gift of life with Begonia Cape as they gave them several gifts, including several Pokeballs, medicinal items for the journey, as well as a bag of useless knickknacks. The party set off the next morning with hopes in their hearts that Professor Dogwood would have some answers and already plotting revenge against the masked attacker from Cooper Eye. Their next destination would be a local fishing hotspot known as Lily Marsh to catch some water Pokemon to help their journey upriver. And that was the end of Session 1. Hey, hope you enjoyed uh, listening to me talk to myself in an empty room while pretending to be different people. It's very, um, it's very surreal. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that much. But I did set up our social media pl uh, platforms, so if you'd like, you can visit us at our Instagram, the OC Pokemon Podcast. So that's the O C O S E E P K M N Podcast. 
And then our Patreon is patreon.com slash O-C, again, O-S-E-E, P-K-M-N pod. Uh, you don't have to support right now. Just know that we'll have these in the future for maybe comments or a way for all of us to interact with each other. I'll try to also set up Discord. I'm not too familiar with that setup either. So we'll see from there. I'll even try to maybe do a subreddit. We'll see how that goes. So yeah, thank you so much for listening again. Uh, means a lot to me. Again, if you have any sort of ideas or tips or tricks to make it you know, sound a little bit better, I'm more than open to it. Uh, go ahead and actually shoot me an email. Why not? At the OCPKMNpod at gmail.com. I'll try to also set up Apple Podcasts. I just don't really want to have to deal with iTunes, but that's just that's just me being picky. And yeah, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, really warms my heart. Uh, again, I want to make this as best as I can for you guys. And the Patreon would help with that as well, being able to sort of up the production value as opposed to reaching out to advertisers or sponsors to you know get get a little cash that we need for higher production so again thank you so much for listening keep an eye out for the next one shouldn't be too far i'll probably be uploading these at random intervals as fast as i can but uh i'll let, i'll definitely let you guys know when we're going to be uploading regularly and figure out what's going to be the kind of best schedule for us to be publishing anyway uh until next time i'm matthew thanks for listening